Hello, welcome to an unexpected podcast. There are three of us here today. There's me in Boston, there's Rob in DC, and we've got Rainier in South Korea. And I'll be playing host today. A uh, couple things. First, we have a new Facebook page. So go ahead and um, search on Facebook for an unexpected podcast uh, and uh, check out our Facebook page. That's an alternate place to have discussions. And we uh, continue to have discussions on the YouTube channel. So if you want to go there and, and post there, we will take a look at it. Today, we are going to be talking about Isengard warriors. And before we get there, we do have a list. All right, everybody. So this is a list from Joseph Richmond, who says he's UK based. And he's been looking at the UK meta from Articon, which implies a horde, which is something that uh, Mick certainly uh, certainly brought across from his experience at Articon. Um, so he was experimenting with a Mordor Serpent Horde Alliance at 650. And this is his list. So the uh, first figure, which uh, is the army leader here, is Suladan with Armored Horse. Good pick for a start. He has nine Haradrim warriors with bow, nine Haradrim warriors with spear. So that's an 18-figure warband right there. Uh, Gorth, Captain of the Moranin, is his, uh, his second hero. So some good punch there. He's got six orc warriors with shield, six orc warriors with spear. And then he has Kardush the Firecaller with six orc trackers and six warriors with spear. Um, so that gives him a little, uh, it gives him fury to overcome the, uh, overcome terror if need be. And uh, he has uh, some fireball punch there. And then he has a ring wraith, an ordinary ring wraith with just two might. And that has six orc trackers and six orc warriors with spear. So it comes in at 58 models, which is impressive, 21 bows, which is also impressive, and 650 points. And just as far as the explanation of his theory, it, he basically is saying, you know, he knows this is going to be a squishy horde. Um, he's got Goroth who can, uh, who can sacrifice uh, folks to stay in the fight. He's got Cardus who can stack, sacrifice stuff to continue to cast spells. Um, he has the Wraith for March, and then he's, you know, he'll have seven will to do some shenanigans with. And uh, 21 bows, even though 12 are arc bows. Um, you know, there's there's his theory basically is that quantity has a quality all its own here. And I don't think he's necessarily wrong about that. Um, and he's also hoping to outnumber folks and get the uh, re-rolling ones to wound with the orcs. Um, so thoughts on this? Uh, well, let let me kind of do let me sketch out my thoughts um, without any specific recommendations here, and uh, then maybe we can discuss. So on paper, I think this looks good. Um, it has. A decent number of models. Uh, it does have the 21 bows. Um, it does have Suladan, who's a great hero, and he's going to be battering all of these guys. And it does have Goroth, who's a decent hitter at 650 points for backup. Um, and it's, you know, it's got it's got Kardush, who's got you know some decent offensive spells, and he's got Fury. And if necessary, you can sacrifice Kardush and fuel up the Ring Wraith um, once he's down to to one will 
I guess my only concern, and this is a concern that that Joseph uh, acknowledges in his post, is that all of these numbers don't add up to enough. Um, just because this this list is too squishy, that it's going to be a bit too light to fight. Um, because while it has, I mean, while it has numbers, that's basically kind of all it has as far as threats from the warriors it's you know it's all it's all fight three um it is all going to be you know defense five or in most cases defense four and in some cases defense three uh and you know my 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 concern is that other hordes will overwhelm it and other stuff that is not a horde will just chew through it too quickly for the horde to really come into effect. So I guess before we get into uh, specific fixes or, or, yeah, well, let me, let me toss that yeah. to the floor and see if people agree with I th- that. I, I, th- I think I agree with that though, to be honest. Um, I'm a huge fan of hordes. We've said it before, and it's kind of interesting seeing the UK meta semi shift towards that. I know in America, we've kind of been like, high on hordes for the past three or four years. But um, yes, I think I just go with Matt. It's very non-threatening in combat is what I would say. And even the shooting in a sense, if you come, Matt Matt said it, if you come against horde shooting, Corsairs, uh, Aphelion Rangers, or just anything like like, uh, Fiefdens, they're going to outshoot it. So in a way, it's very much like I like the heroic march, get the guys there. But once the guys get there, they're just going to die. So I would, um, yeah, I think you can throw in some fight four with the Serpent Horde aspect of it pretty easily, actually. You have models that are seven points. You can up more for one more point to a Serpent Guard. That's fight four. I also like the idea of putting a little more heavy hitting things that can be sprinkled in. And I mean, Serpent Riders because they have lance fight four only 13 points it's still keeping that budget because you are budgeting and using all of your points um you have 50 50 with bow and shield i personally would take some of the spears or not bone shield excuse me spear and non-spear 50 50 i personally would take away some of the spears because i don't think you need 50 50 with that large of a horde um i would put those again in the solo dance warband to get some fight fight four some heavy hitting things like maybe some African guard and some serpent riders. That's my take on it. If you want to keep the full, like here comes the 50 plus models at 650 points and keep all the bows. I think it's possible, but like as an opponent, again, I see it and it's kind of like, it's soft, it's soft, it's squishy, but it has the numbers, which is good, but just toss in those little, I don't know, those little like chocolate chips into the cookie. Cause you have a good cookie. You just need you need that that heavy hitting stuff, which is the chocolate chips. We want to see a chocolate chip cookie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't disagree with anything you guys said. Um, I think that it accomplishes the goal of being a lot of models at a very small points total, but it almost seems like it's sacrificing um, a little bit of game utility in order to accomplish the goal for the goal's sake, as opposed to actually really adding a lot of power to the list. You see a lot of very low defense. Um, 
there is there's a good selection of heroes, but with a horde that big, you're going to end up using their might for things you don't want to use their might for. So at the very least, I would at least try to get in like um, like a Guritz or something who can be your guy who gets you in on Maelstrom where you want to be, who gets your marches in so you don't have to spend marches off of like Suladon or even the Wraith. Um, and I, I think that 58 models is is great, but you could stand to go down to say like 50 models and use that point savings to like you said sprinkle in some better troops get in uh get in something tougher like some of the moranin orcs get in some of the more elite um serpent horde troops like the serpent guard for example maybe even get some of the um Abrakan guard for a little bit of extra like troop level punch so so that way you actually have something that threatens beyond just the numbers because like you said a tougher army will outlast it and another dedicated horde will outfight it so if you look at for example i think the inspiration is seeing you know all of the various lake town armies for example which have huge numbers of relatively crappy troops but they just they're designed to work a little better in that format i think um with all of their interlocking and stacking buffs and like the lake town guard are all going to be fight four so they're going to win more fights than this army is going to win for example right they're going to have um a, a larger banner for example so so i think that the idea is there but i think it could just be tightened so that it's a little bit it has a little bit more brick to it yeah I, I, yeah i agree oh, and what, what about oh sorry he no, no, he says ahead. uh possibility putting the shadow lord i like the idea of that to make your mm -hmm. shooting non no one can contest with it yeah but it is you're gonna have to like take 50 points away i think it is uh, if you want to toss them in or maybe 40 points um i do like the idea of a double wraith though i was actually thinking mm -hmm. maybe guritz for another ring wraith another generic ring wraith that's discount points and then you have three casters two of which have black dart two two of which have march two and that kind mm -hmm. of fits to your whole thing it fits the guritz because maelstorm now you have march basically everywhere to yeah. get them wherever you want and then you're also saving maybe like five more points to again upgrade your guys uh, to become that much better. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I was looking at that. Uh, I, one thing that's coming across from everything we're saying here that I think it's probably worth noting is that horde armies aren't scary just because they have a lot of models. Um, with the possible exception of Go Goblin Town that has a whole lot of models. <laughs> um, but it, but it's, it's still got some other tricks that kind of add to that. Um, horde armies are scary because they have a lot of models and they do something else really well. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, the, the Lake Town horde gets to fight for and has a banner everywhere uh, and has a, an abundance of might. Um, mm -hmm. The, and free heroic combats. And free heroic combats. <laughs> uh, the you know the the betrayer based serpent horde shooting has a bunch of figures, and they're all rerolling to wounds when they shoot and when they fight. Um, you know, corsairs have a whole bunch of figures, and they all have fight for and throwing weapons. This just has a whole bunch of figures, mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't kind of have anything else. So, you know, as disappointing as it's going to be to the to the listeners out there who relish controversy, I think, I think we're all in agreement that this list needs to be taken in, in a direction. I'm not sure we all necessarily agree which direction it should be taken in. I'm not sure there's a right answer to the question of which direction it should be taken in. Cause you could take it in a bunch of different directions. Um, if, if you want, 
if you want to have this thing grind better, I think you drop some of the orc trackers and you upgrade the guys with shield to Moranids. Um, if you want this thing to shoot, I think you are better off going with Betrayer and a bunch of Haradrim. Um, if you want this thing to have a bunch of guys backed up by magic um, with some shooting, then, may, then you know, maybe the Shadow Lord is the way to go. Um, but I don't know in which direction you want to take it. But I think at it, 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 this point, this particular list, um, I think is, is trying to do yeah, is trying to do too many things and probably doesn't do any of them well enough. And you should, you should, you should pick your thing the way you're going to try and win the game, either by grinding people, um, shooting them down, or magic them, and then take the list in that direction. And yeah, I think fifty is probably a reasonable number at six hundred and fifty to still be a a really decent. Uh, a horde and then just have an additional threat there yeah 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 i, I think that that but I, I still do think the base of this army is good like you have the right idea to like hoard it out and like have things within but yeah again just add add a few things to it to give that punch because again like back to the back to what matt said you think corsairs it's not that they have 50 to 60 guys it's also that they have 20 crossbows throwing weapons backstabbers and good heroes um anything harad too can have have these different things lake town has like mega heroes mm -hmm. and uh, up to fight four as well so yeah just try to use that as a base and and figure out how you could do that because you have the banner that's good and a little bit of magic, that's good, but try to make everything else amplified a little better. Yeah, yeah I, I don't think anybody here is saying take out Suladan because I think if you're going to do <laughs> no. it, if you're going to do an effective evil horde, Suladan is almost yeah, he's the first figure you buy. And then you figure out kind of what do you put around Suladan to to make the score the horde scary. Um and uh but I'm not sure we've got quite the the right mix to do that here. Yeah, and let, let us know how you do. If you do take it, let us know how you do. I mean, we weren't prone to be like, don't do this, don't do this. And people win with the this list that we said we didn't like. So yeah, just let us know. All right. Um, so I guess with that, um, we will go over to uh, we'll go over to discussing Isengard. Yeah. And we are just going over Isengard. We're not going over Dunlin. We're, We're not going Dunlin. over Dunlin. This is this is just an Isengard warrior discussion. Um, uh, but but before we do that, does anybody have a copy of Gondor at War? Oh, I'm sorry, Rohan at War in front of them. Never mind. War uh, I Rohan. do actually. Yes, I have one too. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> because there is one Isengard hero that we did not discuss last time for time purposes. Then we can discuss this time. So, Rob, do you want to maybe talk about Snaga? Yeah. All right. So, Snaga Orc Captain. He is a uh, hero of fortitude for the Isengard list, um, even though he has the Orc Mordor infantry hero keywords. Uh, for 50 points, you're going to get a um, fairly standard captain style profile, six inches of move, a fight of four, and a shoot of five plus, a strength of four, a defense of five, Two attacks, two wounds, three courage, 
and your standard named captain, three might, one will, one fate. He has an armor and a sword. His heroic actions are heroic challenge. And his two special rules are Servant of Mordor, he can only ever include orc models in his warband, and Cunning Mind. Snaga can choose not to take part in a friendly hero model's heroic action and still be able to act normal later in the phase, even if by not participating as part of the heroic action, he would normally not be able to act that turn. Additionally, if Snaga chooses to participate in a friendly hero model's heroic action, he does not have to remain within a specific range of the hero. So... um, Stats wise, there's not a whole um, whole lot there to write home about, and he doesn't really have a great set of heroics because heroic challenge, as I'm sure we can all agree, is not uh, the most useful um, heroic there. Though having it on a hero of fortitude is a little bit interesting. Um, so he can uh, challenge. So, he can challenge that captain, right? And I'm not sure he'd win, but <laughs> I was going to say and lose. but um really what you're taking him for i mean i guess you're taking him for two reasons one the cunning mind rule which is actually quite unique um i'm not it's not quite unique it's it's entirely unique yeah it's entirely (laughs) unique uh i yeah actually no other hero in the game does anything like this so he can choose to ignore um heroic actions as if he was essentially an impossible ally right And if he does take part in an action, he can go off wherever he needs without sticking close to the hero that called it. I think that last part is a little interesting. If you want to kind of slingshot him in a different direction, maybe onto an objective later in the game, Um, or if you kind of want to play the trick where you call the move, but then you need another model to go in um, and have the flexibility to, say, join a combat that it wouldn't be able to do if it was part of the heroic or had to stay close to the hero. I think that tricks like that work a lot better when the hero is really scary, like for example, in a Lendil and a Red Alliance, where you, you know, you can call a heroic and have him ignore it and then do whatever he wants later in the turn. But no, it's still with snug. <laughs> right, exactly. But it's still an interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah where, where he goes off and does his slingshot, and everybody in the other army is like, What's that idiot doing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just kill it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Free kill. Okay. <laughs> so he certainly has the option to ignore a heroic move and then run into a, a basic hero fortitude and challenge them and die. But, um, yeah, I mean, the other reason you're probably taking him is because you're running one of the, um, the or the only, the Uglux Scout Legion, and he brings three might um, at not many more points over a captain. Yeah, so I mean, it, a, it is worth saying he's 50 points. So Yeah, he's very cheap. He's not great, so. but he's not expensive. So he's, he's three might points on a body that can kind of stay behind your line and you're not super concerned about what happens what, to him are, and he doesn't actions? mess up your heroics. His heroic actions? Yeah. Heroic challenge. Yes, challenge. That, 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 that was, and let, let me try to get this straight. So heroic challenge, if the opponent denies it, there's no penalties, right? Basically. Okay, just verifying that it's useless. Okay, I, I have no yes. idea because I've Correct. never used it and I've never seen it used. I've I've used it never. <laughs> I've accepted it once and I will regret it for the rest of my life. So well, I was going to say he, he, he could play a role with like a whole bunch of other foot heroes to where you slingshot him to a different part of the battlefield. Use Use yeah. like... Uh, like a uh, to heroic strike than him to heroic combat and play those kind of different like things but you can't even heroic challenge i don't know it, 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 it it's, is it's I'm a tr- really yeah. it's a really odd profile uh, again it's pretty cheap for three might and then mm-hmm. you will occasionally find some for some weird game meta play with the either ignore heroic or be part of the heroic and move somewhere completely different um yeah, I, I think thematically it's a it's a little weird to me that this guy 
He's the one that's like, yeah, why can't we have some meat? And then immediately gets killed. So I guess that's the <laughs> challenge, right? That he's like, hey, Ugluck, I'm hungry. But um, but like, yeah. They should um, re- they should rename the thing meats back on the menu, boys. They should. That's a special right? rule because he's just gonna get killed. And well, then, and that's, then it, um, the that's opponent what like goes does, in doesn't it? So I guess Ugluck could kill this guy. <laughs> so. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, thematically, I find it a little weird that probably the most weird cowardly orc in the entire film trilogy is a three might um you know fight for strength for but you know the game doesn't always 100 track with what the movie and you gotta sell so. those models <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i mean i think i think that where i would personally take him is if i'm running the ugluck scouts legendary legion he is one of the options there he's a cheap enough captain um for three might and uh, you've already got enough other heroes that have March and various skills that you need. So he's just there to pad out numbers. That would, that would be how I'd use him. Yeah. I mean, that's the only time I, that's the only time I've used him. That's the only time I've seen him is in Ugluck's legendary legion. He's just there to yeah. bring bodies. I don't think I've ever seen his cunning mind. I, I mean, I haven't played against him a lot. I haven't played with him a lot, but I know I've never used his cunning mind rule. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't, nobody's ever used it against me um is, is his role just kind of like the oath maker where he's a might might battery but of course the oath maker has like a relevant yeah yeah i mean he's a he's a might battery that's mm-hmm. that's essentially it and you know i i, I guess i i also struggle to come up with a circumstance where that cunning mind rule is really useful i mean i can i can think of them but they you know they're they're so they're so you know circumstance dependent yeah that you know it, i i guess the way to use him is to call the heroic move tie up a bunch of stuff and then you just kind of keep him as a reserve and hope you've got enough holes so that when you know something counterattacks he can get in and kind of like soak either soak off the critical hero or, you know, go to a circumstance where he can, I mean, one thing he can do is you can wait to have somebody, you know, you can do your heroic move, tie up most of the stuff. If you can't tie up all of the stuff, wait till the rest of the stuff moves and then use him to go into like random guy. That's like maybe fighting two other guys, call her a combat and then kind of use that to reposition. Um, but you know, if your opponent knows what he's doing, he can kind of counter that. But I mean, I guess that is something to think about. That's the best use I can think of him is to use him as kind of that heroic combat reserve where you call the, you call the heroic move with somebody else and Snaga just kind of sits back, looks for a heroic combat opportunity off of, you know, random warrior who's fighting one or two of your other orcs and use that to kind of create ways to mess people up i think that's right i think that and the only other absolute fringe case is for some reason you need to call a march and go one way with most of the army but want him to go a completely different way to grab an objective or something so he still gets the extra move but doesn't have to stay near your hero but that would be one of those weird like one in a million situations right yeah i mean i I can't really because he has three might too so it's yeah yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, I guess end of the move where like you need to call the heroic move, but you also need somebody to go and grab an objective. I guess you can use him for that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, with all that said, fifty points for a three might mm-hmm. or a captain isn't a bad investment. So, 
I mean, and two attacks at strength four, right? I mean, he can bully basic troops, like you said, mm-hmm. you know, wait for the move to resolve and then go pull off a spear support and beat it up, maybe hurl combat off of it. So, yep. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. So that is the, the last straggler of the, uh, of the uh, Isengard how appropriate. Heroes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so we can go over to. He ignored your heroic podcast and showed yeah, up. Yeah, he did. He showed up late. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. So we're over to the Warriors of Isengard. And uh, the first one is the Urukai Scout. Uh, is that one you can do there, uh, Rainier? Yeah, sure. So right. we have the Ur- Urukai Scout. He's kind of the basic uh, Uruk, I guess. Well, I'm, I'm not sure he's the basic Uruk. He's. One of he's the, the one w- without heavy heavy armor. Right. <laughs> Let's just say like so. We, we we've got for eight points. You have um, fight four, shooting on a four, uh, strength four, d four, one attack, one wound, and three courage. He has armor and a sword, so it's like that light infantry kind of gets going. You can equip him with a banner, a bow, or a shield. Now, yeah, that's you. You have this is your typical guy. You of course see him in scouts lists. You. Don't usually see him in um, pure Uruk lists typically because um, you can get one more point for another another might, which would make him defense six, which will be probably the next model we're talking about. So yeah, he's your basic. Is the Uruk Urukai bow is eighteen inches, strength three, right? Strength three, yeah. yeah. So Dwarf that's bow. that's in my opinion the only reason I would take him to kind of get that strength three pot shot here and there, or of course if you take a horde. Um, scout list, you could take a lot of these guys and it could be pretty, pretty dangerous. Yeah. I mean, you see the Arakai scouts show up in you know, the various legendary legions. You know, and I think there's two of them. There's, there's the, the ugly scouts, legendary legion. And then there's the Lurch legendary legion where, you know, both of them, if you take Maher um, uh, with those, these guys get upgraded to eight inch moves and for free. Um, and, and, and then, you know, you see lots and lots of them. And, uh, you know, I think that's a reasonable way to go. Um, with that said, um, I mean, you can also get Maher and get these upgraded to get that bonus for plus one point. I'm not sure that's the way to go. Um, what about the drum? Because uh, you, you, you get the drum with them and kind of position like six or eight just all of a sudden they're in range and the next turn they can shoot. Well, okay. So if you're doing all of them, that's fine. Yeah. If you're doing, if you're doing like a half a dozen of them scattered throughout the rest of your army, you can't really do that because when you sound the drum, nobody else can charge. So it's not like you can sound the drum. Everybody charges, you know, your main line charges. And then these guys kind of run around the flanks, um, which would be great. But, uh, you know, you, you can't, you can't do that with these guys. Um, I mean, what I guess you could do is you could, you know, if you got the eight inches and you really wanted some extra move to kind of run around the flanks and trap guys, obviously you can't charge them, but you could, you know, maybe put in them into a position to trap somehow. Um, but I mean, you could call a March with these guys, just charge with everybody first and then, you know, kind of march around the back. But I mean, you still can't, I mean, unless if there's a second rank of spearmen, you can't get within an inch of them. So you're not really going to be trapping those guys. Um, And, you know, I think you're better off, I think, doing other things with the points. 
but you know, on the other hand, if you're going to have a whole army of these guys and you want to do the, um, yeah, I'm going to have a move eight inches and then I'm going to drum and then I'm going to march and the whole army is moving 14 inches. Yeah. That all works out. Um, so I, I, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is you either want an army of these guys, in which case you, you play it as that kind of foot cavalry, uh, um, type of army, or there really isn't that much reason to take these guys. Um, you know, if you want to throw Maher in with, you know, some of these guys give them bows and, um, uh, you know, have be like a mobile bow force. I guess you can, I'm not sure that's the best use of points, but you know, it's a use of points. Um, so. Yeah. I I think that, I think that you either take a whole lot of these guys, in which case you're playing the Legion or you just don't take them. Right. And I think that's why the Legion exists because it gives them a home where you can take a whole lot of them. Cause there's nothing inherently wrong with the profile, except that it, you know, sits right next to the Urukai warrior, which we're going to talk about next. Yep. Um, it does have woodland creature, which is a, you know, a very nice ability to have both in the Legion and in just the pure Isengard army. So there is some mobility there if you're going to do, you know, a marauder eight inch move and you can ignore woods to get some flanking or some objective play. But fundamentally, I think you're taking them in the Legion where you're taking, you know, 36 plus of them, depending on which Legion you do. And then they get all of the tricks. They still get the woodland creature. They're going to be eight inch move, but for free. Um, If you're doing the Uglux scouts where you can also take orcs that pads out your numbers. So you can take a whole lot of strength three bows with them that can, you know, move seven inches and still fire. So, so I think that they very much, to me only really have a home in the two legions where I think they do really well though. So yep. uh, uh, to be clear, the woodland, the woodland creature, special rule, they only get in either a pure Isengard list or one of the legendary legions. So, um, you know, you can't, you can't ally in these guys into another list to Definitely. get woodland creature, but mm-hmm. um, not that you would necessarily want to do that. Okay. So um, uh, nothing more heard on Urukai Scouts. I guess we can go over to the Urukai Warriors. Um, so Urukai Warriors uh, are nine points uh, for base. Their profile is a pretty good one. They, it's move six, uh, fight four, four plus shoot value. So they shoot and they fight pretty well. Um, they are strength four. They do a lot of damage. They're defense five. They're tough. Um, they have one attack, one wound, courage three. So they're, you know, a little more courageous than the ordinary orc. They come with heavy armor and a sword, and they have options. They can obviously get the banner for 25 points. They can get a crossbow for two points. They can get a pike for one point, and they can get a shield uh, for one point. Um, so uh, this is a... This, yeah, the Urukai warrior is kind of one of the best kind of all-around stat lines in the game. Um you know, I don't think it's underpriced because at nine points, you you pay a decent amount for it, but I think it is appropriately priced. Um, and if you want a warrior that kind of does everything well, this is one of the warriors to get because um, you can go up to 10 points, give them a shield, make them defense six, and you've got a nice strong battle line. Um, you can give them a pike instead, and then you can stack two guys behind uh, folks and you can get uh, a ton of uh, fight for attacks on somebody or you know you can throw a pike behind an orc and make drive that up to to fight for um, or you can spend two points and you can give these guys crossbows and give them really heavy you know a, a really heavy um, hitting power 
uh, figure that's still defense five. So, you know, still ordinary bow shooting back at it still only killed him out in sixes. Uh, and, you know, this, this is, you know, as I said, probably one of the best all around figures in the game. Um, why don't we chat a bit about the figures, then we can talk about how to, how to use them. Cause I think there's a couple different ways you can use these guys. So yeah, they, they are, as Matt said, just really well-rounded. I think like if anybody's just getting into the game, I'd start with Isengard because they're just straight for fight for strength for is really good. And the options you can give them also the crossbow that they can get is really nasty. Um, I'm kind of like, I was always a fan of the Arbalisters because they have that kind of combat aspect. These Urukai warriors with a crossbow are even more combat-y. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about a strength four, defense five, fight four guy with a crossbow. That's that's pretty nasty. You usually want to get to the opponent's archers really fast and knock them out of the game. When you go up against Isengard, you get to the opponent's archers and you're like, oh shoot, they're actually going to kill me. <laughs> like, oh no, it's a trap. What do you mean you outfight me? <laughs> yeah, wait, what? <laughs> Yeah, so I like I like that. I also like the custom custom ability. Um, Pikes with these guys is really good because of course that punch we're talking about that they have. If you if you have three dice to that, two pikes and that, maybe even a banner, four dice to the battle line, that's pretty good. I mean, we again back to comparing it to we talk about Easterling pike blocks and different things like that. Like this is a pike block that actually kills stuff. So so it's it's really, really good in that aspect. And and I just think the the warrior itself works really good by itself as well. So like, again, if you have your crossbow, a crossbow guy randomly somewhere, you throw him in a fight, he's going to contribute a pike. Usually you flank to get to the back, back ranks, you get the pike. It's still the same guy. So yeah, I like, I like that about these guys. They're just your basic good troops. Yeah. I think, um, I think they're kind of the gold standard for good troops in a way for the game. And I, I, I think your point Rainier is very, very astute. These are such a great army or profile for beginners because they, they're kind of like the space marine of, of strategy battle game, right? Where they've got really well-rounded stats. They're very forgiving because of the fact that they have such well-rounded stats. And they're simple, right? They're, they don't have any tricks. They don't have any weird special rules. They just have a solid you know, stat block with great options. Every attack they put out, whether it's at range or in combat, is going to be at strength four, right? You know, they've got the great fight. They've got good defense that goes to really good defense. Um, they've got at least average courage, though, in their own army. They um, they even have, we can talk about that a little bit later, but they even have some protection against, you know, having to roll for breaking. So they're just a wonderful all-round, very straightforward, very forgiving um, troop. And, and I like them a lot. Yeah, so, so let's talk a bit because... You know the, these guys are are the centerpiece of the of the list in a certain respect. Um, let's talk about the different ways you can kind of use these and and build a list from them. And you know I think we're going to spend a little extra time on this because unlike some lists where you know the list is really about the heroes, this list is the Isengard is not about the heroes. Uh, I mean, unless you're taking Saruman and Grima and you know kind of building the list around those two guys. Isengard is one of those lists where you're going to kind of depend on your warriors to do a bunch of killing. Um, because, you know, while your heroes are good, they're not, they're not great and they're squishy and they'll die. Um, so, you know, while your heroes are, 
are you know kind of killing whatever they kill before the enemy heroes hunt them down and kill them yeah it's the job of the urukai warriors to actually break your opponent's army uh and i think there are three ways this list can be built and if if people know a fourth let me know um list one is the obvious one where we're going to build a shield wall that's going to have a bunch of urukai warriors with shield in the front and then it's going to have a bunch of urukai warriors with pike behind it with you know maybe a smattering of crossbows for fire support but that's not how the list is going to do its killing the list is going to do its killing by walking the shield wall into the opponent and just kind of overbearing them with fight for um strength for hits and um my thought on this is that the correct ratio of pikes to shields if you're going to fight this way is one to one um i don't think you want I mean, there's a temptation to put two pikes behind every shield and i don't think that's the way to go because you, you don't end up being wide enough you'll get yourself uh surrounded and then you know um you know kind of crushed in your your big dense blob where you won't have an opportunity to back up because you're fighting in all directions uh however um having one-to-one pikes and shields allows you to um go in put a pike behind most guys if the enemy ends ends up only charging some of your guys in front because your pikes can support laterally if you've got a line of shield in front and a line of pikes behind and it comes in and hits you know like every other guy then the shieldman who's standing behind uh a i'm sorry a, a pikeman who's standing behind a shieldman who isn't contacted can actually support sideways because um, he can support the pike that's supporting the guy that is actually in combat and so you're still getting you know two pikes one attack all the way around and you can rejigger the pikes um so that you get you know two pikes behind the guy that's fighting the hero or two pikes behind the guy you really want to kill um one way or the other so i think that's that's method one um method two is um i want to kill with shooting and then force the enemy to charge me and then kill him in close combat i think the way you do this is you buy one third crossbows and uh somewhere on the order of um you know, either one third of your other figures or, or even up to two thirds of your other figures are pikes. And um, what you do is you have, you know, kind of your block of, you have your block of crossbows that kind of sets up and shoots and you have your pikes in a position where once the enemy charges your crossbows, they swing in behind your crossbows. So all of a sudden he's hitting one crossbow and two pikes. Um, and uh so that's the that's the second way to do it is to use the shooting to kill and then bring the enemy to you and then kind of give him a nice solid shield wall well it's not a shield wall because there are no shields but nice solid pike phalanx backing up those crossbows when you hit and then the third way to do it is with the berserkers um that you know we'll talk about later when we get there where you have the berserkers who do who do the charging in and the killing and then you have a bunch of Urukai warriors with pikes uh, that go in and support the berserkers, and maybe a few guys with shields just to kind of um, kind of tie up guys on the flanks and shield there and, and not die so that the berserkers don't get surrounded. I think those are the three ways to do it. Have I missed anything, guys? Uh, there's allying in. All right, um, fair enough. Talk about that. Okay, so allying in with Dunlin. So 
I see these lists and I'm like, shoot, when I fight against them and I'm like, shoot, I need to find a weakness. And it's the defense five that is the weakness. So actually, in my opinion, the Urkai war with shield, like Matt said, don't go like heavy on the pikes. Uh, pikes, in my opinion, are situational um, in, in, in the list. So for me, you could even ally them with Dunland. Um, what I do just like to bring the horde, I bring a lot of, what are they called? Wildmen. You'll probably see that in a list that we're in review today. And I use the shield guys to kind of like block the fire. And then once you hit combat two, you have a, 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 a five points Dunland warrior that can go to strength four with paired with one of these guys that's defense six and fight four. And it kind of like gives that extra punch. I know the berserkers are 15 points. I always like to see the Dunland wild or not Dunland warriors excuse me Dunland wildman uh, a wildman with a shielded urukai that's two guys for the same points as a berserker semi doing the same thing um yeah so that, that that's what i like to do with them i like to use them as like cover fire and i like again to relate this to other armies um they remind me because it's like oh shoot here comes a whole bunch of, like shield and swords they're not gonna do anything it works with Kazadoom though it works with uh Durin's folk like you do see heavy defense just shield guys come in and they get the get the job done because they don't die and these guys kill also so that's what i like go heavy with a shield and get like something soft to come back and support it uh something cheap to economical I'm all about saving points so i can bring 60 models <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no i think um i think matt you you definitely covered it right i think if i was to go slightly a tier above your three play styles my first decision point with isengard is always do i want to run saruman or do i not want to run saruman um and if i want to run saruman then you broadly go into what you said you either kind of go with the berserkers with some support or you go into more of a shooty horde or you just spam the warriors and i 100 percent agree that you go one for one shield with pike because even as your shields die those pikes then collapse inward mm -hmm. and just provide those supports down the line right um and if I don't want to play Saruman, then I'm probably taking one of the legions, honestly, because unlike for many armies, the Isengard legendary legion that features the warriors, the assault on Helm's Deep is really, really good, right? So, so for me, um, ever since the legions have come out, it's kind of, do I want to run scouts? It's in a legion. Do I want to run warriors? Probably either doing assault on Helm's Deep, or if I really want to run Saruman and Grima, then I kind of break down into, well, do I want to be more shooty? Do I want to have more of a horde? I actually also love the Wildmen and the fact that the Oathmaker, who is a cheap hero, makes them fearless, is a really nice thing to have in the list as well. Um, or you just do the kind of no frills, very long battle line of extremely solid warriors with a wizard backup. So, so that's kind of how I approach it. I think everything you said is correct. And my only addition would kind of be, do I want the wizard or do I want the legion? I mean, I guess I would say, I mean, the only thing I disagree with in what you said is I think there is an army here that has neither the wizard nor the legion. Um, and I have seen effective Isengard lists that just have um, warriors kind of backed up by the Lurtzes and the Uglooks. Because um, I think they have you know, there is enough hitting power there kind of across the board with Lurtzes and Uglooks and just warriors to make an effective um, killing army with you know either of those three loadouts. Either I'm going to back up Berserkers with Pikes 
uh, berserkers and heroes with pikes, or I'm going to, um, you know, have, you know, shooters with maybe Verasku in the middle of them. Um, uh, and, you know, pikes behind that whole mess uh, or whatever. So I think, I think there's a way to do that effectively, even outside the, uh, the legendary legion. Oh, you're hundred percent right. You absolutely can. I'm just saying when I make the decision point for me, usually I'd rather take the Legion because I think it's, it's kind of the way I would want to play it without the wizard. So, Fair enough. Mm-hmm. so, all right. Um, all right, Rob, you want to take on the Isengard troll here? The, the Isengard troll. So we have a troll <laughs> with the Isengard keyword um, movement, six fight, seven, shoot, five strength, seven defense, eight, Three attacks, three wounds, four courage. Um, heavy armor, sword, and shield is the war gear. Can swap um, its sword for a spear and can swap its shield for a war drum that affects all Isengard. It has terror and throw stones, which you know um, from all basically all the other troll models. And it is 110 points. Now, there's not a whole lot to say because we've covered trolls of various stripes from various armies many times. The big unique thing about this troll is that it's got a shield, which not only means that it is a higher defense, but also that it can shield if you absolutely need it to at fight seven. Um, and the fact that it can take a war drum for Isengard, right? Because most other war drums don't affect Isengard or they don't have one. Um, for for example, the, um, the scout one only affects Uruks, whereas this one would also affect any war riders and orcs that you might have in your list or Dunlendings, I guess, because they do have the keyword, right? Yeah, no, they only have the Dunland keyword. Never mind. Um, so yeah, yeah, so I mean, it's unless a troll. you're taking the ult maker, in which case you're right. Wild men get the Asgard keyword. Yeah, so and which you probably are if you're taking Wild men because he's really good. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot to say. It's a troll. It hits as hard as a troll. It has all of the strengths and weaknesses of a troll, but with the added bonus of the shield, which is the only list where you can do that with a troll, to my knowledge. Right? They haven't come out with a another shielded troll, right? Yeah, I don't think so. Oh, yeah. um, however, I'm not sure that saves this troll. All right, let's have a vote. Uh, who here would rather have this troll as opposed to 11 Urukai warriors with shield? I was about to say the exact same thing, Matt. No, no I would definitely take the 11 warriors yeah. over. For, for those like, listening at home, <laughs> no one is raising their hand. Or I, I have or, firmly planted my hand at my side. Yeah. Would you guys rather take this or 22 Wildmen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think I think we could crazy. probably play a game called "Would you rather take this or and put almost any other equivalent points in the list?" And <laughs> yeah. the troll would lose the battle. Let's be real; it's yeah. a gimmick. It's unique. If you happen to have one because you bought a starter set or something, and you're just getting into the game, it's a very you know fun, forgiving model. You got you can do some cool stuff with it. I would never take it. Yeah, yeah, it's because it's there's so like many good that. options. And you could you could like throw him with a pike block and he could do like potentially well, but he can be shut down with like one transfix. He can be shut down with like one bad movement and stuff. And then, yeah, back to I just think like like Matt said, 11, 11 warriors yeah. would do way better. He can do troll things, but this army uniquely doesn't need troll things. Yeah, that's true. Yep. No, that's true. Um, because you know, Saruman can Saruman can blast people, the Urkai warriors have enough have enough uh killing power um and you know it's it's hard for this guy to have a role other than to stand in the middle of the battle line and occasionally kill a guy or two until the enemy hero comes up and assassinates him so and they weren't in the movie so most people aren't 
lining up to take them for theme reasons either. Unlike Berserkers, which will come next, these guys were in the movie. They were, and they went berserk. Right. (laughs) Isn't berserker? Isn't that like an old like a Roman word for the (laughs) wild Germanic tribes? Um. hmm. No, I mean I thought it was Norse, but uh, either way, they too fought naked. Yeah, they did, and so did the Celts in the British Isle. Okay, but anyways, Mm -hmm. so here we go. Urukai Berserker. He is fight for me at Renfest. (laughs) Yeah, TMI there, Rob. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rob goes to events. Anyway, the Urukai Berserker. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> okay. Okay. So he has a Berserker blade. It's active. It is a hand and a half sword. If he wins a dual roll while fighting with the Berserker's blade as a two-handed weapon, it may either assign strikes as normal or do one strength for hit at one plus to rune on every model engaged in the fight or supporting the Berserker or supporting the berserker and in base contact friend and foe. So that kind of goes back to the part of the movie when he goes on to Helm's Deep, the deeping wall, and he just like swings and starts knocking out Haldir's elves left and right. So, um, so cool. Very cool that that, I mean, it's a little baby. Right. Spawn. I, I'm going to, I'm going to contest whether that's cool or not, but um, it's let's, cool. Let's, let's move on. We'll have a, dis- we'll like have a discussion it. later on. I meant okay. cool in the movie. Um, oh, I continue. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's our way to cover up. Oh, yeah. well, I mean, uh, okay, he's also oblivious to pain, which is a passive roll. Every time an Urukai Berserker suffers a root wound, roll a d6. On a roll of a six, the wound is ignored exactly as if a point of fate has been spent. So very much like Gundabad Berserkers. And then he also is um, impervious to bowfire and Urukai passive and Urukai Berserker count. Count their defense characteristic as six when the enemy model makes a shooting attack against them. So that's the enemy probably... model read Legolas makes a shooting attack against them. Yeah, just boom and too little in the shoulder, and it's like whatever. Also, yeah. those weren't Legolas's arrows. So yeah. did you guys realize that from the film? No, somebody. Yeah. Had, so Legolas was shooting, and somebody else. Uh... He's got his his uh, arrows that he got from Gladriel, you know, like mm-hmm. the yellow ones, mm-hmm. and the hit, bows that hit him are the Gladrum ones that are long and white. That's almost worse because it means that Legolas missed, and yeah, everybody right. else was hitting him. <laughs> no, they missed also because remember Aragorn said shoot them towards the deeping wall, so like they missed the deeping wall and hit the guy. So it's just the elves. So <laughs> what you're saying is that Aldor was the one shooting the berserker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so real real quick, fifteen points. I personally don't think these guys are as good as they used to be. And that's why you don't see them. The one thing that I think it is, is the defense five. The defense five in combat is really, really not as good as they used to be. We were raving about the Urukai warriors and I was like, oh, the shield makes them amazing. The berserker would have done well with a shield. And even with his new um, oblivious to pain special rule on a six, he ignores it. I just think the defense six is more reliable in combat, especially. And then his bowfire thing, that's good against bows. But yeah, it's it's an interesting rule. Berserker blade, I wouldn't use that much. Yeah, let, let, let's, let's spend a little time with the special rules on this figure, because I think that's what this this figure is kind of all about is, you know, th- this used to be a very simple figure that was, yeah, it's a, it's a fight for two to attack high courage models, send him in. And then they just, they, they made it very complicated. Um, mm-hmm. And, but I think when you, when things shake out, as you say, it's, you know, it's, it, it's not that great. So, but let's, let's talk about these rules in a little detail. So the berserker blade special rule. So says if he is fighting two handed, 
That's the first problem. If he is getting a minus one on his dual rolls um, and he wins, uh, he can either do two attacks or do one strength four hit at plus one to moon on every model engaged in the fight or supporting or supporting the berserker and in base contact. Boy, wait a second. I'm reading that. So, so the way this fun. literally reads, <laughs> um, he, if you, if you had like two pikes supporting this guy um, and you use this special rule, um, he would do a strength for a hit to the, the two enemies that are engaged in the fight and the two pikes that are supporting the berserker and his yeah. base contact friend. So I read it as only worse. one of the pikes because it's on every model engaged in the fight or supporting the berserker and in base contact, right? Even so even that and in base like, contact. Okay. So it would be the a one four, pike, but he still hits his pike. A yep. four plus to kill it. Yeah. Which he probably he'd probably kill. It it is kind of that weird thing to where it's like if he's surrounded by fight four guy opponents, they're probably gonna win because he's two handing it. If you throw him in against Goblin Town or Fight Three, they're not gonna be dumb and be like, let me surround him and give him like the opportunity to kill me. I mean, I think that I think they will. <laughs> right. Oh, that's because true, because they just need to roll a six. They just so need it's, to roll it's, a six. Of course you do. I, I mean, I, I don't think you ever use this rule. No. I mean, the only time you would ever want to use this rule is if you've got two pikes behind this guy, which means that, you know, he, he's got his flanks covered. So he's in most fighting two other guys. He's going to get two attacks anyway. Um, and why would you why would you take the two attacks and kill your own guy behind? I mean, there's. The it, it only situation I can think of is when you're actually actively trying to break or quarter yourself because you need the game to end. Fair enough. And so you put two guys in base contact with them. So he's getting four attacks to win. And you're probably going to roll the six, especially if you're bannered. But then you're counting on the fact that he's also going to kill his two supports because you're trying to thin your own army. But that is such a fringe case, right? Yep. It's it's not thematic to the movie either, too. So no, it's, not it's at a, all, right? It's it, it's very gamey. It's not actually thematic at all. Yeah. It's just the only use I can think of for it. Yeah, it's yeah, a good use, a, though. Like, that's a good... Yeah, if you want to commit suicide, this is a good way to do yeah. it. I, I, you know, I think that's... You used to be able to do it with the bomb, right? Before they FAQ'd it. But now, since you can't do that, maybe this is how you kill yourself? I don't know. Yeah. Ja <laughs> right, Jasmine yeah, will do it, and then they'll FAQ it again after she plays <laughs> yeah. it like that. It'll be like, oh, well, Jasmine <laughs> did it. It's too overpowered. Yeah. <laughs> right. All right. No, well, yeah. All right. So I, I think we all agree that the, the the Berserker Blade rule will never be used. But what 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 about this? Do you guys think you would take him or as many of him as you used to see them play? Well, but let, let's go through the special rules because I think that mm -hmm. impacts the answer to that question. Mm -hmm. Um. So the the next special rule is oblivious to pain, which is basically you. You save wounds on a six. Um, so this is this is uh, you know been moved over from the Gundabad Berserker um, special rule, and you know as as you say, this is this is a minor annoyance, but because it's just a six, happens so rarely that you know it doesn't really move the needle for me. I mean, does anybody disagree it's, with that? I don't, and it's kind of like you bring Urukai warriors because they're reliable. This is not reliable. 
and yeah, that's why I have gripe, gripe, gripe. Yeah, it's a, it, it's a gimmick. That's why I have gripe with it. Because you're right. What maybe like one time he'll roll th- six three times in a row, but like you need for this army, I think, to rely on these guys. Yeah, I mean, you're yeah, better I, off with yeah. defense six. I think is yeah. the this particular question. I, I mean, the having like fury on. Okay, that's great, but you don't build a battle plan around it, right? Like if you're playing a casual game, you're gonna get those moments where, like Rainier said, he rolls six a bunch of times and it's cool. Ooh, ah, but if you're thinking competitively, you don't bank on it. It's not reliable. But what about this? It says this is not cumulative with other special rules that confer the same effect. Fury. So would that fury. Would that mean he can't use fury, or he has to? He gets no benefit from channel fury if, mm-hmm. yeah, basically. Which kind of like downgrades. <laughs> yeah. I mean, which is, which is not by the way, like the Gundabad rule, the Gundabad mm-hmm. berserkers um, do get it to stack with like the signal tower save, mm-hmm. um, which brings them up to a five plus save, which actually is that moves the needle um, yeah. when you're saving off a third of your hits, but saving off one in six hits. I mean, you're much better off with you know defense six instead. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so let's talk about let's talk about impervious to bowfire and what it actually means. I'm going to I'm going to posit the theory that what this should have been titled is impervious to elvish bowfire, mm-hmm. um, because you still need six you need sixes to kill this guy with ordinary bowfire, uh, regardless of whether they're defense five or defense six. And crossbows are going to kill them on fives, regardless of whether they're defense five or defense six. So what we're really talking about here is impervious to Legolas's bow fire mm-hmm. and that of, of other elves. Um, yep. But it, it, it does give you like the ask. I mean, he's hefty in price. He costs a lot, but you bring in reavers and you are afraid of that bow fire. This like you just don't even have to worry about well, bow elf- fire. Elvish bow fire. I mean, yeah, elvish or citadel yeah. guard bow fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Or, fair yeah. enough. Or Dale yeah. Bullfire. Oh, or Dale. <laughs> or Urukai Warrior. Yeah. <laughs> oh um, yeah. So so basically, I guess that's what like makes me okay. I like these guys. You used to hide them in the back. Now you throw them in the front. But even with that, like. But I mean, when they were you, defense you, six, you still throw them. In the, you threw them in the front. You didn't hide yeah. them in the back because they used to be what, defense what, six against everything. Well, yeah. they can still die on a roll of a six, and they're the same defense as the warrior. I'm just I'm just straight up. I can't get past that a warrior with a shield and a wild man with an axe are the same points. And that's again, like why I just can't go, go to them. Um, yeah. Yeah. So sorry. I mean, I, I think where we come out is that 15 points, these guys are overpriced. And I mean, I think we've, we've seen that in the market, they have greatly diminished, which doesn't mean that having a few of these guys isn't useful. Mm-hmm. Um you know, to kind of like go next to a hero or kind of stand in front of two pikes. And um, so you get basically four strength, four attacks on something. Um, But uh, I'm not sure they're worth 15 points anymore. I I mean, I think that their courage seven, if you, if you're not taking fearless wild men, having a few of these to reliably charge terror is not a bad call because at courage seven, they're going to do it. Um, yeah. The two attacks, you're never using the Berserker Blade, but it is still two attacks. So you could stack, you know, two pikes and a banner behind them and have a bunch of strength four attacks when you really need to kill something. Um, I would honestly, I would have rather that they didn't have most of these special rules and just had two wounds. Then I'd think they'd be a lot more interesting, right? But it, it would, it would be, yeah, it would be interesting because they're still fight four. I think what makes the 
half trolls like disgusting is that they're fight five yeah. so yeah that that would be kind of an interesting thing it would kind of have have a similar effect to the making them tougher to bow fire and the six up fate save but instead of yeah. complicating it with random variables just give them two wounds and then it's, they're a little yeah. harder to take down yeah no, that's fair. Too. I, I mean like aragorn yep. stabs them through the stomach they get shot by arrows but again i think it goes back to some people thought they were too powerful in the old edition and they, they were really good in the old edition and you saw entire yeah. armies of them, right? Of them. Saruman yeah, with right. berserkers. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, they were really good and I get the, get the idea that maybe they thought they were too good. I don't know if I agree with that, but I see the, I see where they're coming from with that, but they kind of heavy. overdid it. Yeah. yeah I think they, they, like this was yet another overcorrection in the, yeah. uh, in the nerfing phase. I mean, I think they would, I think if you gave them two wounds, they might be slightly undercosted. I think even if you raise their points, yeah, like I was going to say two seven, wounds, like seven, 16, 17 points, 17 points yeah. something around there. But then you've got a two wound courage, seven two attack model that you can sprinkle in that I think would yeah. be really interesting. Right. And the sprinkles the word because uh, GW don't want you to spam them because that's not thematic. Yeah. Like if they're 17 points, yeah. you still like, we'll see them on a lot of armies, but sprinkled in, if you take them as a horde, it's going to like mm-hmm. kind of skew with your numbers or whatever. So, yeah. All right. All right, shall we discuss the feral Urukai? I guess that's me. Um, Wait, what? My book just has a bunch of white out here. Is- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Continue. All right. Um, so we we come to the bastard children of the of the Isengard uh, warrior list, which is the feral Urukai. <laughs> so we're going to um, re-release them, and no one's going to buy them. <laughs> yeah. I literally bought a pack for completion of collection and it will sit unpainted forever. Yeah. That's the same. They look kind of cool. They yeah, they do look cool. I mean, they, you know, they'd be great as kind of alternate berserker figures, but you don't actually want to use this profile. All right. So let's discuss the profile. They're 13 points. So they're pretty pricey. Um, they are, you know, move six. They are fight four, just like berserkers. They're strength four, just like berserkers. They're defense four. That's not like berserkers. <laughs> um, they have two attacks one wound and they are courage five. So they're not quite as courageous as berserkers. They come with two swords, um, which I guess gives them the extra attack, but the berserkers have that anyway, even though they've got one sword and they have the oblivious to pain special rule. So they get that save of a six. So basically for two points less than Urukai berserker, you lose uh, two <laughs> courage, uh, one defense, um, you lose the impervious to Elvish Bowfire special rule, which would actually be really good on these guys um, since they're defense for anyway. Um, you lose the Berserker Blade rule, which nobody cares about. Um, spend the two points and get the Archive Berserker if you if this is the way you want to go. There, there is no reason to use these guys. They're like Mirkwood Rangers without bows. <laughs> and what I don't understand is if you at least made this like the Scout Berserker, but they don't even get the woodland creature. So their yeah. picture is standing in woods. <laughs> yeah, it would have yeah, been yeah. cool if they just gave them uh, eight inches. Yeah, I think I think you could actually see them see them be taken, and I don't think that would overpower them too, because again, defense four is not good, and thirteen points is still. Like just give them like woodland creature or yeah woodland creature and then uh, uh eight inch move make them like really crazed turbo marauders and mm-hmm. then they're interesting right I actually would like to amend a previous statement I said um if I had to choose a troll or nine of these guys I think I'd go with the troll go with the troll <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> yeah. fair enough yeah, so no, I, think, uh, yeah. I think uh, uh, I amend my previous statement I do think it's amusing <laughs> that this, this feral feral archive model um like has you know. They have some armor, 
uh, and they're still defense four. Um, whereas the Urukai berserkers, who are equally obliv- oblivious to pain, are defense five in a loincloth. Mm-hmm. Well, just get this. This rub rub it in. He's shaped like Terry Crews, has metallic armor, and he's still the same defensive as, as Lake Town. Um, yeah. Survivor of Lake Town. Which is an indictment. I wish of I got that pop- town and this. I wish I got that pop culture reference. <laughs> so well, well it's ahead, it's it's that thing where it's all we we had these trends like justice for Dale, all these things like I don't know if there's like the opposite injustice for like Lake Town. I don't know. <laughs> so I um I think that if we're talking about taking these guys as their own profile in an Isengard list, the answer is no and never. However, the model is pretty cool. I do like the model. So I have long considered picking up a bunch of these guys to convert into Corsair Reavers and just doing like a head swap of like a bushy Corsair head because they have the two swords and they kind of look a little bit, you know, crazed. And so the models are very cool. I want to find a reason to use them. That might be where they end up in my life because there is no official Reaver model. But other than that, next. It would (laughs) be cool to like... uh do like a maher conversion to use one of these guys yeah yeah all right so let's let's do the next which we're going to skip the downloading folks because that's a an episode for another day and that brings us to the urukai demolition team um so uh i think this was yours rob have fun with it oh goodness gracious this is a very short profile so i, we've I got the i thought this urukai. was like i had an anxiety attack and you said rob and i was like oh thank goodness <laughs> Well, you get the assault a... list, so you know you're not out of the woods yet. That's true. I'm going to tag team you, Matt. <laughs> um, th- this might be my uh, commercial disclaimer read here with the amount of text we have to go through. But demolition team, feel free. Points. Feel free to summarize. <laughs> um, you've got essentially you've got two Urukai warriors and a berserker who are um, manning a bomb. The Urukai warriors can be equipped with a flaming brand for one point, and it is, has a um, a slew of special rules. So first, demolition charges. It's a heavy object, which is covered by the rule book. Um, to use it, to detonate it, it has to be dropped. Uh, a model with a flaming brand in base contact with the charge, which is not also engaged in combat, may attempt to set it off at the start of the fight phase. The model has to pass a courage test. If it fails, nothing happens. If it succeeds, you roll on the detonation table, which I'll get to. Um, and then when it explodes, a demolition charge automatically strikes everything within two inches of the model, gates, doors, and of course, any model's friend or foe that are in range of it. Each target struck automatically takes D6 wounds, regardless of its defense value. For cavalry, that's on both on the, um, the rider and the horse. And they did FAQ that the way that this works is you roll 1d6 and apply it to all models as opposed to rolling a single d6 for every individual model. So if you roll a 1, everyone takes a wound. If you roll a 6, everyone takes 6 wounds. Um, Desperate Denizenations essentially covers that if you do not have flaming brands, you can still... You can still try to detonate it with, and it's a little bit harder to do. Special rules, flaming brands. A model carrying a flaming brand cannot use a two-handed weapon if it has one. If a model carrying a flaming brand is killed, the brand is extinguished and lost in the chaos of battle. And that's, you need those to reliably detonate the bomb. Uh, Attacking the charge, it has a defense of seven and three wounds. Um, If the charge is wounded, roll a d6 per wound afflicted, and on a six, it detonates. Uh, if a demolition charge is wounded by another bomb, it will detonate on a four plus instead. If it's brought to zero wounds, it explodes. Or if it's brought to zero wounds, it doesn't explode. It just is removed from play and does nothing. And just like a war machine, an enemy can spend a fight phase in base contact with it to essentially disable it automatically. The detonation table on a one, nothing happens. 
on a two to five, the charge explodes and it works as we covered. You do, you roll a D six and everyone within two, to, uh, two inches takes that many wounds. And on a six, it's a Titanic explosion, um, which is the same mechanic, except that you roll two D six instead of D six. So everybody's taking two D six wounds. So, um, and then I should say now that it was also FAQ'd, whereas before you could just kind of do it whenever you wanted. Now you cannot detonate the charge unless there are two enemy models that would be caught within range of it. So Yes, which raises an interesting... Yeah. Do- well, okay. So what it actually says is at least two enemy models or an enemy siege target um, within sure, yeah, yeah. inches of the charge to detonate it, which means I believe that um, you cannot kill Smaug with this thing. Mm, interesting. What, what? What? Why was the? What was the reason? Because people were people were themselves people or? were blowing up their whole army. They they would get on the objectives and then they would quarter themselves with the demolition well, charge. Why didn't yeah. they just do it to where they could blow it up if there's like one opponent model or one one? Yeah. So I think all people were also using it as a hero assassination weapon, mm-hmm. which is um, arguably what, what it should be for. So I don't know why yeah. that's a problem. What, yeah. I don't see why there's a problem too because you have these mega heroes that are all kitted out and there's like nothing to counter them. Whenever I played against this pre-FAQ, like it was such a no-fly zone for my big hero, right? Because like you have to avoid it or they can take up to 2d6 wounds automatically. Whereas now there's a lot of play where you just go in alone if you're a big enough hero and you're not worried about it. Anymore, yeah, you have like right? a Lendular Boromir and they're like, yeah. here we go. And then you're just like, okay, like I have nothing to counter you. LSR charges in is like, go ahead, surround me. What do I care? Right. Yeah. I didn't see it abused that much, but like. Yeah, I, I think yeah, I don't know the, the is, one person. What's I don't, I don't see this was the anti Jasmine FAQ, um, yeah. and yeah, she was using it to assassinate other people's leaders. She was using it to basically get on the objectives and kill her own army. Um, mm-hmm. And but they uh, could they could have changed it just to kill your own army. No, but the assassination of leaders, I think it's essential. Especially I think if you that's don't, probably don't right. Right. Let me. I mean, you don't it, want it, any Sarma. model. Yeah, it, it does produce that odd circumstance where like. You end up fighting. You end up with a Urukai demolition charge, fighting Smaug and just Smaug, and the the demolition team is like, "Well, I guess we can't think of a use for this thing. Let's just leave it yeah, behind." They, yeah, you <laughs> just have some away coffee from it. on it. You put like put a blanket on top of it. What can we possibly do with like, this? <laughs> yeah, right. So I think, um, um, in terms of utility. I think in a regular list, I don't take this, especially with the FAQ. I think the only place you still see it would be in the um, the Legendary Legion, where it also gets, I believe, a reroll on the destination table, so it's more reliable. But yeah, you used I'll, to see like two or three. Now you're only going to see one max. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, I, I, I would point out there was another... This was actually... So this isn't actually an FAQ with a demolition charge okay. um, requiring to kill two guys. It's, it's technically an errata, just so you know where to look for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's another errata that says if you roll a dud um, on the next turn, you get plus one to blow it up. So it, it won't dud twice, um, which, of course, is how real bombs work, right? You know, when they don't go off the first time, that means they'll definitely go off the second time if you press the button again. That's, yeah. uh-huh. that's how bombs work. Just got to slap it. Yeah. <laughs> the, the guy jumps on the grenade and is like, oof, and then it goes off again, right? <laughs> time, yeah. Oh, thank God, it's a dud. Oh my Boom. God, I'm saved. Boom. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Just count to three again and it goes off. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's not how bombs work, but you know, this is this is a fantasy game. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I think you take one of these things. Um, I'm uh, sorry. Was- so the legendary legion, you roll two dice and pick the result, but functionally it lets you re-roll. Yeah. Yeah. It's better. Um yeah. the 
the other thing to think about is whenever you get these, buy as many flaming brands as you can. Because the way you nullify this this particular device is not to actually attack the charge because, you know, that never works. Um, But uh, you you kill off the guys with the flaming brands. And after that, you're left in the situation of, um, you know, the the guys trying to bang Mm -hmm. on the thing with hammers to make it uh, blow up. Uh, and in particular, you want to shoot the berserker with the flaming mm-hmm. brand first, because he's the one who's reliably going to pass the courage test yes. to uh, blow the thing up. A- another place where that berserker having two wounds rather than a plethora of weird rules would have been way cooler. Yep. And then, you know, as we all know, based on this errata, if you're going to try and if you have your big heroes in the vicinity of this bomb, make sure they're all alone. Mm-hmm. But I mean, so that that is kind of the play. One, you always take it in the Legion, but you do you do use it as a mini kind of like no-fly zone. So either you have the hero avoid that area or they go in alone, which, you know, at least means they're alone and they're not supported by a bunch of buddies, right? So yep. like it does have some um, like battlefield as well now. In addition, uh, it's not as good at that as it used to be. And I think that the two model thing is very restrictive, but that's kind of how you use it. All right. Fair enough. Work. Could, could you, could you blow up a fell beast in the back ranks? Uh, no. Uh-huh. As it says, let me look at the FAQ again or the errata again. Sorry. It kind of model. Sticks, though. At but least you, two you, enemy you models. Really, really uh, two models. Okay. You could really mess up with like battle lines and like freak people out and stuff, which if their battle lines staggered, your Urukai battle lines would be that much stronger. Yeah. Okay. No, so I, I do- mean, yeah, battle, li- battle lines really don't like this. And, mm. you know, wh- one, you know, some tricks you can do are, um, you know, you can, you, you can, you can form these battle lines that are basically curved, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, you know, very, a very tight curve. Um, so that you know when people charge in against you uh you know then you move the bomb up into the middle of that kind of curved battle line and detonate the bomb and you know it it gets not only you know the two people in front but everybody that curved around of course Mm -hmm. you know if people know how the bomb works they're not going to charge in against that curve which is also fine with you because then you can just kind of advance and choose your battles but you could also probably put it on an objective and know that they're going to be sending in one person at a time or you're going to blow it up so the objective is either safe or you know, everyone dies, but well, either that or they'll you know send two random dudes in at a time until you blow it up, and then they'll send one <laughs> random dude in to turn after that when everybody's dead. <laughs> Stupid so. jumping on the grenade dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So that brings us to the the last um Isengard warrior here, which is the Isengard assault ballista. Uh, take right, it away, Rainier. I'm gonna tap you in. It's really oh, okay. late right. here, and my southern's gonna come out, and it's gonna be sorry. I'm gonna start slurring words and stuff. All right. So this is the Isengard Assault Ballista, which comes in at a very reasonable 65 points. It is a siege engine with all the the bells and whistles and special rules that come with it. Um, the siege engine is strength nine, so it's doing strength nine hits. It is defense ten. It has four wounds. Uh, it comes with a crew. Um, and it comes with three Urukai warrior crew, um, one of which is a siege veteran. Those crew are all fight four, strength four, defense five, one attack, one wound, courage three. Um, and uh, so you get one guy with a sword. I think he's usually the siege veteran. You get one guy with a dagger and the other guy carries an assault ballista bolt, which he can use as a pike if you really, uh, if you really want to, to do that. 
Um, so a little, a little interesting part there. You can buy additional crew for nine points. You can buy an Urukai engineer captain for 50 points. Um, never do that. That's all we're going to say about it and move on. Um, and you can get superior construction for 15 points. I think the superior construction gives it additional range. Uh, I know it's nothing useful. I've never, never bought it, never been tempted to. Um, so I think we're just going to move on from that. All right. And then the special rule is piercing shot. If a shot from an Isengard assault ballista hits a battlefield target, then they will suffer one single strength nine hit, which you know will either kill them or not kill them. Additionally, if the target has, a, is, has strength five or lower, they will be knocked prone and flung D6 inches away from the ballista. Any model that the target passes over will also be knocked prone and suffer one strength six hit. If the target comes into contact with a piece of impassable terrain or a model that's strength six or higher, then it stops, it's knocked prone, and both the target and the obstacle target and the obstacle suffer a strength six hit. So if you, if you like shoot somebody into a fell beast with this, the fell beast will take a strength six hit. Um, however, the fell beast is not knocked prone because of this, if uh, that occurs. Um, and it's worth, oh, there, there's also a raise the ladder special rule where you can shoot ladders up. It, that's mm -hmm. basically something that is useful only in the, uh, you know, basically when you're doing scenario playing your stormy helm steep. Yeah. So I'm going to set that aside. I don't think we need to talk about that. Um, uh, and it has the accurate special rule. So it only scatters three inches rather than six inches. Um, it is worth talking about. Uh, and let me find the, the FA. All right. So yeah, how exactly this piercing shot works is it's a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Um, the best. So this is it. The, the necessary explanation does not appear in the rules itself. Uh, you need to go to the FAQ and then you need to go to the, the end, the FAQ entry on the dwarf ballista, which has the same special rule of piercing shot. And you just need to assume that it also applies to the Isengard ballista. Um, the way this works is you roll to hit, you roll scatter as normal. If the scatter hits the combat, you just, you, you, you go through and you decide, you know, if, if there's a combat, you decide which model is hit in the normal way. Um, once you have decided where that thing scatters, that's when you take the in the way rules or in the way rules for this thing. So one thing you can do if you are shot at by one of these assault ballistas and it does not get on target is you can choose a different target within three inches that will create a lot of in the ways for the shot, including the other guy's figures, right? So, you know, you can, if he's shooting at your hero with this thing and you can shift it three inches to the right so that there's like three Urukai warriors with pikes in the way, that's a good way to, you know, if, if he hits one of those Urukai with pikes in the way, you know, that's who he's going to hit and he'll mm -hmm. punch through after that. So shooting this thing into the midst of a combat, even though it's evil and can do that, can be dangerous because of how you can shift the target there so that you suddenly get a lot of guys in the way. Um, uh, then once you figure out which model is hit, they get the strength nine hit. If they fail that strength nine hit, they're considered hit by a siege weapon and they die. Um, all the other models um, in the fight get a strength nine hit, but they don't die. 
they just get a strength nine hit. Um, and it's only the mo- only the model that and they get knocked prone. Um, and then only the model that gets uh, hit um, gets flung back. And then you do the, the fling back rules from there. And, but that had to be clarified in the FAQ, right? Because yeah, that had to be people clarified were arguing the, the whole combat gets flung. Yeah, the whole combat. And, and yeah, yeah or, or the whole combat suffers the strength nine hit and then auto dies. And which, right. by the way, is a perfectly reasonable interpretation of the rules as written. Right. Um, I just so think the Siege Engine rules in general need to be tightened whenever they get back to a new edition or something. But yep. Yeah. Especially because yep. each, each Siege weapon has like its own different rules well it's, it's especially when it comes to siege engines hitting combats right it just right. there's so many weird murky questions about how that interacts and so at one point you know i play against a lot of these here locally and it's like all right i hit a one gets flung d6 inches it's like no that's not how it works but you have to go to this faq which then links to this faq which then you know downloads this pdf on your computer and then someone calls you to get the rules kind of thing it yep. is confusing, yeah. But that said, like strategically using this model, I, I like that for sixty-five points you can freak out the opponent. Yeah, no, uh, it's a mean, great model. It's an for amazing. sixty-five points. Yeah. It's it is a it is a decent it is a decent buy. It is particularly good in the legendary legion. Mm-hmm. Um, in the legendary legion, the assault on Helm's Deep legendary legion, this thing rerolls to hits and rerolls scatters, mm-hmm. um, and that becomes a very scary siege weapon. It suddenly becomes remarkably accurate, especially because mm-hmm. the siege veteran can might things as well. Yep. Yeah, because you you want these to counter uh, Isengard. You want these heavy shooting armies that can kind of avoid it and like soften up before you come. But this just hits you wherever, so you wind up rushing Isengard really fast, and you hit those like pike walls. The, well, and demolition just... charges. I mean, demolition, that, that's, yeah, that's kind of the gimmick of the assault on Helm's Deep list is you can't stand back because the ballisti will shoot you apart along with their supporting cast of crossbows. But if you charge forward, you're charging into the face of a demolition charge. Mm-hmm. So, and that's well, the- and, um, and the Legion was initially by a lot of people criticized that there are no heroes with strike, but it's like, who needs strike when all your opponent's heroes are, pinned to the floor the whole game any combat yeah, and then, they, and then blow like up. 18 18 crossbows <laughs> yeah. or something too like yeah it's like crossbows. it's like okay how about you heroic strike against this you know bolt that just hit you in the face so oh here's an interesting thought i mean this is actually this doesn't have anything to do well okay i guess i would say this there's some interactions even if you're playing outside the um uh outside the legendary legion there are some interesting things you can do with saruman and these siege ballistas um, and one of them is because this thing is accurate and because Saruman has an 18 inch compel range, he can, from a distance, um, you know, it, when you've, when you've got your hero and you've got like the, the one guy, um, that's still within three inches, um, Saruman can either compel the hero away or he can c- compel the one guy that was the, you know, supposed to be the soak off for the ballista shot away so that only the hero, you know, the hero has a three inch empty bubble around him. So scatter doesn't matter anymore. Um, that's one thing you can do with Saruman. You can, um, you know, move figures, uh, you know, in front of other figures with Saruman so that you can um, kind of go bowling and knock people uh, off of uh, horses with them. Um, a- another interesting thing that I, just thought of is you know if you're going to bring a demo team with saruman <laughs> is 
he can help solve the there's only there's nobody within range of the hero so i can't use the bomb to kill him um yeah. if you can uh you know compel somebody within two inches of the hero and that, so that you can use the bomb to kill him is another interesting uh, while there. while you were talking i was just thinking of that like wait a minute you could also use saruman to bring people in range of the bomb to kill yep. that hero right yep. that's pretty I wonder if there's like a weird allied list that has Saruman and like a ring wraith and a bomb that's just like constantly moving people towards bombs, but maybe so. nothing I have written for today. So, yeah. Uh, all right. So on that note, we have now gone through all the warriors. We're going to go through, I think one or two uh, time permitting lists. Um, mm -hmm. And I know Rob, I know you've got a list. Rainier, did you bring a list? Yeah. I got one. Okay. All right. So, um, so I'm going to go through those lists. Rob, you want to, you want to start off? Yeah, so I um I wrote two lists. They're not particularly um, exciting. One, they're both legendary legions. One is scouts, and the other one is the assault on Helm's Deep. Um, so I'll just go through the assault on Helm's Deep one because it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Um, it is a seven hundred point list. It has forty two models in it, um, and the list is Warband One is an Urukai captain with shield who becomes kind of the the big commander that gets the extra attacks and wounds. And he's got four warriors with a shield, five warriors with a pike, four warriors with crossbows, one warrior with a banner and shield, and two berserkers. Warband 2 is another Urukai captain, and he has got five warriors with shields, five warriors with pikes, and four warriors with crossbows, one berserker, and one demolition team with flaming brands for all of the crew. And then two Isengard siege ballistas. So... No frills, pretty straightforward. Um, a good amount of shooting. You're drawing people in with your crossbows and your ballistas into your battle line and into your bombs. So, and it as it's not very complicated, but it is proven to be very effective at high levels. You still have 42 models at um, at 700 points. Heroes are not safe because you've got two bolt throwers, and both of them are remarkably accurate because of the legion rules. And then when they get there, you still have a whole bunch of urukai. So, yeah, it's good. Like, I like that. Like, whenever you bring a legion, it's like, well, it's straight from the movie, but you made it competitive. <laughs> like, you know, like this I, is I, one of the the few legions that I think are straight from the movie, but also highly competitive. Right? Most yeah, of them yeah, straddle like that middle ground. But, like, this yeah. is this, this is really good. And I like the idea that you even have two. Like, yeah. well, you, so could you can't hide from them. Right. One on yeah. one on each side. So even if you rush one, the other one's going to shoot you the whole game. That's so exactly like right. One you mm. can ignore, two you can't get away from, right? Yeah. So, and, and like then you've one, got two bolt throwers and a bomb in the center. So, like, where do you go, right? Exactly. How many exactly. crossbows? Uh, eight crossbows total. And all of the warriors cost the same amount of points. There is a total of um, 15, 20, 28 of them. And you can kind of jigger where you want the crossbows, pikes, and shields. I went for a fairly even mix um, of all of those, but. You could go a little bit heavier on the crossbows. Or Wait a minute. On the they, they all cost the same points? Um, the, yes. You're not talking about the crossbows. You're talking about the pike or the shield. Sorry, the pike and the shield. Yeah, yeah. I the got crossbow okay. costs a little more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got okay, and then, and then your, your captains have shield? Mm -hmm. Captains have yeah. shields. Um, the There's a sprinkling of berserkers for that, as we talked about that Courage 7 specifically, when you really need to lock something down. Um, all of the flaming brands are given to all of the various warriors around the bomb so that you can more reliably set it off. I mean, it's, it's pretty straightforward. There's, there's no, there's no major like gotcha surprises that aren't already the ones you yeah. expect, but the ones you expect are hard to get away from. So, and it's got multiple threats. Like you have your two ballistas, your bomb, 
the Urukai warriors, which are a threat by themselves, the captains, which are D seven fight five, they're going to kill stuff. Well, so if you keep the mega heroes pinned to the floor or Mm -hmm. away from an area with a bomb, those captains are going to bully troops just fine. So they're strength five, for sure, for sure. And the army itself is going to bully troops as well. I mean, we're looking at these like horde armies coming up. You know what I mean? Like Lake town wouldn't do well against it. Um, Lake town guard or like these different things. Fell beasts were like, freak out about it as well so yeah I, I like it a lot yeah it's got good numbers and then um eight crossbows is enough to threaten horses so that they don't get too many mobility tricks on you mm-hmm. so all right yeah. okay should i go over this one yeah so i have an 800 point list um i wanted to kind of like bring a isengard list that was unique and different mm-hmm. compared to like the generic thing that we usually see so my first warband is lurts he has a drummer in his warband a demolition team. Everyone has the fiery brands. Two um, Dunland horse. Uh, one Crabane. Six Urukai warriors with shield, and three with pike. Second warband is um, Ugluck. He has six Urukai warriors with shield, three with pike. One basic warrior without a shield to save points, and one um, Dunland horse. And then after that, I have Gurulf. Gurulf is leading three Dunland horse, one Crabane, five Dunland bow, and three Dunland wild men with axe. And then I have the Oathmaker leading 12 wild men with uh, axe as well. So the, the gist of the army is it's 800 points, 12 might, 55 models, uh, six cav, two Crabane, three heroic strikes, a heroic defense in Gurulf, which will kind of like delay the the thing from happening different things are happening and uh lurch for deployment is pretty good um basic is kind of what i went over with why i don't choose berserkers is i have a ton of defense six even some pikes in the list and then a lot of wildmen even if i go with the drum and the wildmen come a little later they're still going to arrive whether it's like maybe one turn later and they're not gonna get shot up that much I have the Oathmaker to pass uh, any courage test for free. Oathmaker is also going to be that might battery. Gurulf, I really like. We're going to go over his profile in detail in a future episode. But he has heroic strike and heroic defense with three attacks. He's like the berserker hero that you always wanted. And he has the ability to call heroic defense for free um, every turn. So that's pretty good to just stop something from happening. Even if you come up against a battle line, just call heroic defense. And then he's going to still at five, five kill stuff, but you're kind of have that, have, have that in mind. Um, yeah. I have a lot of wild men. They're all strike or uh, strength four. Cause I gave them axes. Cause why not? Ugluck's thrown in there to rogue strike. So you have him and Lurts. You don't really have to rely on Lurts to do all the striking and killing when Ugluck and Gurulf have it as well. Um, the kind of different sprinkled, I guess I call it my chocolate chips in the cookie <laughs> are um, the Cav. I think the Dunlin Husk Dunlin Cav for 12 points. They're defense five, they're a cav model, and they can go up to strength f- strength five. So that, in my opinion, is really, really, really good for that many points. So I have them a lot for objective grabbers, flankers, just to do shenanigans, and two Crobane, because why not? Fly in the back, objective grabbers, trap models, and things like that. And at 55 points, the majority of the front line being defense six uh fight fours basically in the whole army i even have some bow fire to like if i want to sprinkle a couple things uh and of course the bomb the bomb is in there um if if it's not used in a game it's not detrimental but if it is used it's pretty detrimental and i like the ability that 
it works good with this list, not just to kill heroes, but it works good with this list to kill battle lines. Because mm-hmm. one big burst to destroy one battle line, then I'm going to have the numbers mm-hmm. and uh, selective pike blocks here and there, surrounds here and there, and I can get 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 in with it. But yeah, that's that's the base of the list, 12 might 2. And if you blow up a bunch of wild men, oh well. Yeah, exactly. That's why I threw them like, ah, let me put some wild guys in here. Back <laughs> to the land with you, literally. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. That, that is actually an interesting tactic. Yeah. It's like, call the heroic move, send the wild men in to like pin a bunch of the opponents, then just dri- yeah. drive up the bomb behind them, and just blow them all up. Yeah, because yeah, you lose one, it's it's five, it's two or three in the blast. That's 15 points. Like, it's, who cares? Yeah, who cares? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, so we didn't we didn't talk about them in this episode, but um, since you brought them up in your list, I actually think that the Dunlin stuff is really great to sprinkle in a non-Legion Isengard army, right? Mm-hmm. So like Crabane are fantastic for, you know, mobile swarms. As you mentioned, the cavalry are great. Huskarls, I know they get a bad rap, but they're essentially better berserkers if you think about it. They've got berserker stats, but they've got bodyguard, right? So if you're got you're taking them for the uh they, they don't have berserker oh, wait, stats. Huskars. What's that? They don't have five four. Unless no, but they, they can get to fight within, four, right? Unless they're supporting within three inches of a hero. But they still have the defense five and they still have the strength four. So if your whole point is to take them as like reliable but, but courage, got, right? They've got one attack too. But I, th- I think I think the, the cav, the cav, the ability to for three less points for a berserker, you have a model that goes 10 inches. Totally. A model that can dehorse and a model that can go up to strength five, defense five. Um fight three, not the best, but who cares? Yeah. <laughs> yeah when, just, when you when you when you have fight four sprinkled into the list it's it's like why not i mean i was talking to alice the other day about these it's just for 12 points someone better make a big forge world purchase like these guys are pretty good yeah they're really when good. you compliment so, something what the, so, the so i really like what you have no there. No, no, no not the, the, uh, the cavalry the cavalry oh, the cavalry yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah definitely yeah um okay uh rob did you have another list you wanted to share or we, we i mean a, i can we a, it's we have a small amount of time so I also quickly threw together one of the um, one of the scout legions, and it's um, it's the Uglux scouts, which I like a little bit better than the other one. And I threw it together precisely because um, it focuses on Isengard warriors and features Snaga, which we're both on the episode today. Uh, also very straightforward. So I've got Uglux. He is leading um, twelve marauders. Uh, right now I've got it written as seven of them with shield, four of them with bow and one with banner and shield. But again, because the, because the points are pretty much identical, you could make it half bows or half shields, however you want to do it. Then you have Mauher reading again, 12, um, Urkai scouts, uh, and all of them are obviously marauders, uh, seven with shields, uh, four with bow and one is a drummer. You then have a scout captain, again, with 12 scouts, eight marauders with shields, four with bow. And then I've got Grishnak with 12 orcs with spears and Snaga with 12 orcs with spears. And this is at 800 points, but has 65 models. Oh, wow. Um, and so uh, it's got you know plentiful access to march. It's got a drum. And because of the fact that you're padding out the list with 24 orcs, if you wanted, you could go heavy on the... Um, Isengard bows as well to get a lot of, you know, fast moving strength three bows. Uh, other than that, you've got, you know, a whole bunch of strength four scouts that are running into your face at eight inches and surrounding you. And um, because it has the animosity when you can get orcs and scouts into the same combat, you get plus one to wound and it has a lot of mobility and a lot of models. So, yeah, I bumped yeah. into one of the a, a list very much like this, except it was 895 points, so I think it had 70 something models. Oh God! And, right. Yeah, and, uh, and it's yeah, this is this is a scary list because 
it's everywhere and it's everywhere quickly. Yep, exactly. And I mean, you've got a whole lot of Uruks and then you've got a bunch of orcs with spears. So even though the scouts themselves don't have spear supports, the orcs can then provide that for you. And it, it actually has a good amount of might because Grishnak and Snagar are both three might, right? You've got two from the captain, three from Ugluck, another two from Mauher. So, and you don't have to call marches because of the drummer, uh, generally speaking. So yeah, it's just, um, mm. it's in your face with a heck of a lot of models, a lot, most of which are strength four. I like the idea of spamming out the shooting too, because it's mm-hmm. um, a lot of times people see like shooting in SPG and they think, okay, you're going to hold back and do these different things. But if you are really good in the movement phase and you're a really good shooter in the game, like that is the most dangerous part is when you can actually position your shooting to think two or three turns ahead um, where things are going to go. And of course, like maybe surround them and you don't even have to like, surround them and come in. But when the battle lines hit, maybe you have a war band of, strength three bows mm-hmm. on like the left wing and they're just pummeling all the spear support that your opponent has like it's it's pretty it's pretty good like like i, I like the list and for all those models too like lord have mercy well and especially with evil lists right because you have that flexibility to shoot into combats if you need to mm-hmm. so you can deny hero combats or just make extra kills and because this list has so many models you're actually probably going to get grishnak's rule to kick off mm-hmm. yes you surround a hero and throw Grishnak in and then maybe get a strike in there and you're going you're gonna to actually threaten models you have no business threatening just because with 8-inch move and 65 models at you know, this points level, you're probably going to be able to envelop, right, in many cases. So, Right. That's really good. All right. All right. So, well, that's the podcast, folks. Hope you've enjoyed it. And uh, we will uh, talk to you soon. Take yeah. care, everybody. Thank Bye. You guys. Bye, don't, guys. For, Have a good don't forget to let us know which, what what future episode you guys want us to like talk about and stuff yep sounds good see you guys